Hello, I'm Karen Valley, back with part two of the Best of the Year episode. I have more guests and more movies, so let's just get right into it. I'm joined once again by Tom Costi, but also longtime listener, first-time caller, Carly Pokerati. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It's one of my Spotify-wrapped top podcasts, so it's an honor to be on here. Well, I would like to know that, but you know, you don't post anything on Instagram. So I guess, you know, we'll never know for sure. But... I like to keep it mysterious. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what happens on this pod. He zings you. <laughs> it's only because my ire is so up because Carly, you were supposed to be a guest about 10 months ago. So I know it's not personal. I'm just a disaster. You know, I brought you two here to reconcile, you know, not to fight. Let's all come together. Let's all come together. Let's all come now together. We can... We can build anticipation for my eventual episode, right? There's going to be lots of hype. Uh, sure, sure. Before we get into the movie that you guys have jointly picked as your favorite of the year, the first thing I'd like to know is, were there any 2022 movies that you missed, but you're now really looking forward to? Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think there are a lot of um, interesting movies that come out this year. Um, I, I think I have two in particular. Carly, do you want to go first? Um, I'm wondering what we haven't discussed it. So I think that one of ours will be the same one, I imagine. But I'll let you go first and then I'll judge you and then I'll say mine. Okay. Well, she'll judge me as correct because I think the one that we're both thinking of is Tar. Yeah, that's right. For sure. Oh, that's hell yeah. Tar, you, I think you guys will both love Tar. Definitely check that out. Do you think it's still out? Do you think we can still catch it? Well, like if you get lucky with like second run theaters, so I know you guys both know the playhouse and the playhouse is playing it all next week. So I'm probably oh, going to go again next week to see it, but you guys live in a, a much more culturally significant city than I do. So, you know, you, you probably will get lucky with a second run theater somewhere. Yeah. I think, we, I think we'll be able to find it. That's a good, like between Christmas and new year's activity, I think. Oh yeah. And it's a long one too, right? It's like, it's like under three, just under three, I think. So yeah. You, you plan that plan that right. You go out for lunch and then dinner. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Um, so that's my one. And the other one is the the Banshees. Uh, of, is it Inner Sheeran? Is, as you say it? But I mean, like, you just keep talking about it. And obviously, I keep hearing great things about it. I just haven't made my way. But I know it's waiting for me. I think, I think Carly would like it, too. I, think I only know about it because I frantically went through movies released in 2022 right before this to see what my missed movies were and that came up a lot so um i couldn't tell you anything about it but uh i trust i trust that if you think i like it i'd like it i could tell you very little about it but i won't because we're going to talk about another movie <laughs> wait i'm going to do my second one. Oh, my other one okay, is okay. pretty on brand um and it's marcel the shell oh yes she's an og <laughs> fan og fan of the podcast og fan of that of that shell we are we are recording this the night that I put up part one of the best of the year segments, and Marcel the Shell does come up as one of the picks for best of the year. So, oh my gosh, you you will have to you will have to listen to that one, Carly, and then yeah, if if you weren't sold already, you will be now. So, a friend of mine has seen it and they watched it when they were flying into Vancouver and they used to live here and haven't in a while and apparently the like the big climactic like emotional moment happened right as they were touching down on the tarmac and excited to see all their their friends that they haven't seen in years and that sold me enough they were like sobbing on the plane and I was like I'm in let me watch it, it. is with, with without getting too much into the conversation that I've already had about it with another guest like 
it was one of these movies where I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, that looks cool. I'll go check that out. But then you're sort of like, how good can this possibly be? Like, it kind of looks like it's going to be just sort of one thing. And then within within 10 minutes, I was like, this might be the most creative movie I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, it, it, it go, go see it as soon as you can, because it is, it's pretty special. That bodes well for me because I have it in the movie pool. I, I wasn't going to bring up the movie pool, but oh, why? Why? Because I wouldn't be like second last or anything, or dead last or something, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly where you'd be. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. you 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 picked a lot of movies that I hoped did better, but they just are not doing better. So unfortunately, Marcel the Shell is going to probably be a an under the radar pick but for for those of us in the know we know we know how how good it is we know it's special if you know you know one movie though that is doing very well and neither of us have picked in the movie pool is your pick for best of the year so uh carly because it's your first time on i'm going to get you to introduce the movie and give us a brief plot description Oh, dear. A brief description. I don't know how to describe this film briefly. Go ahead, dear. So the film that we have chosen is called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And if the title doesn't give it away, if you haven't been living under a rock, um, you know that it is pretty a pretty expansive movie um, that explores the multiverse and also generational trauma. (laughs) And... Um, yeah, so I watched this movie um, on like a on a the day that I finished school in May, um, and it was like a self date when I went out and like did all the things that I wanted to do by myself. And this movie came highly recommended by a friend of mine, and I went to the movies. It was one of my first movies that I saw um, uh, since since COVID and everything. And I sat in the theater and I was just like transported to another place. I was blown away. I cried. I laughed. It's about. Um, a couple that emigrated from China who run a laundromat and the matriarch of that family is like super, super stressed out and being audited by the IRS. And that is like the real life quote um, foundation of what's happening. And then as she is trying to deal with that and the fractured relationship that she has with her daughter and is being served divorce papers by her husband, Waymond, and her dad is coming from China to visit, she encounters this multiverse world where she has uh, an opportunity to see what uh, what all what her life could be like if she did all of these divergent paths that she didn't go down and she becomes a kick-ass superhero and um I think that's a good description I don't know I think it's pretty good yeah I think (laughs) yeah it it sets it up for anyone who hasn't seen it it sets it up enough to know sort of be like this is going to be pretty creative it's going to be pretty out there yeah. yeah, that's the thing to add is like, it's not just like, oh, her life would be different. Like, oh, she has a different husband or she doesn't have kids or something. It's not just that. It's also like, she's, you know, they're animated in one universe. They're, it, it's such a um, vast display of creativity and special effects and all that. Well, so the first question I, was, I just had for you guys was, would you rather live as a quiet rock with googly eyes or <laughs> with hot dog fingers? Oh, yeah. Oh. And for anyone for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, th- those are two situations that come up. So, you know that that's an indication of what this movie is is kind of doing. Certainly, and I think the fact that we had to think about it just shows like <laughs> the depth of each yeah, of those scenes, yeah, each of those realities. Totally. Like they're not just flash in the and, pan. And to think that they're both like 
the source of like emotional moments and like important moments to the movie is why this movie rules. Um, yeah, where do we begin on this? Like, Wait, my answer is 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 hot dog fingers to answer your question because I don't have the the peacefulness to be a broth. Even though that that was a nice moment in the film, I don't think mm -hmm. I could do that. You technically could roll around, so I think rock. I could do rock, maybe. Hot dog fingers is interesting as well, though. I think it would be too tempting. Too tempting to oh, roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like hot dogs. I'm not a big hot dog guy either, but like if they were right there, I would sort of just get lazy. I think one day, and you just start snacking. <laughs> I think if you were placed into that universe, yes. But if think if you grew up yeah. in that culture, you would just think of them as fingers. Well, it's the same in thing. That like culture. <laughs> Yeah, in the hot dog finger culture. I don't know what it is. Well, we technically have the strength in our jaw to chew our own bony finger, but our brain won't let us do it. So I feel like in the hot dog culture, the same thing would happen. Oh, weird. <laughs> well, so Carly, you, you said that you went and saw this for the first time on your own. And then yes. did you immediately come home and tell Tom, like, you've got to go see this movie? And then did you guys go together? Or Tom, did you go on your own? Or... How, how did you come to this movie? Yes, you're right. I immediately did come home and tell him that. And then I was uh, stumbling over what I could possibly tell him because I didn't want to reveal anything because I wanted him to experience it himself. So then I took both Tom and my sister Elise back and I sat between them and I watched, I went, I ping ponged between them the whole movie and oh, watched right. their reactions. And it was just as good the second time and getting to watch, you know, people I love watch it, it was awesome too. 100% a movie that is best enjoyed with a crowd in a theater which it's like there's like three prongs to this movie that just make it so good it's like to have something deeper to say and then like the special effects achievements and all the creativity that's there and then there's also like it's a movie that's really like it's cinema in the sense that like you do get an experience with everyone in the room like you watch it at home be fantastic but to to hear like all the laughter and then you get to not necessarily sad like sad parts but just like emotional parts like the action parts like it's really touches on everything possible and not just in the sense of like oh what universe can they be in now it's also like tonally the the shifting is incredible I think. It's yeah a, it's a rare movie to quote harry styles it's a movie you know jesus christ uh, like no no you have, to, you have to bring that up now i'm like... so sorry i just mean like as tom says it's like so cinematic i that was one thing that i said when i brought when i came home i was like we have to see this in the theaters you can't wait and watch it on our dinky little tv we have to see it on the big screen do you guys have uh like a favorite performance because you know the the cast is getting singled out here pretty big in award season for all their work so was there was there any one person who stood out to you or any one person that sort of was like, I didn't know that they could do that? I think it's really hard to pick one person. Like immediately, you know, I think my mind goes to Jamie Lee Curtis, but only because I think she's the most familiar for me, right? So you see her in a bunch of different things. So it's cool to see her play a different kind of character, one that we don't expect her to play. And um, it's, it's really great. But then at the same time, like all the performances are so good. And it's really, really hard to just pick one because what, what I like about the movie too is like, there's really only so many characters. As much as it's a like really expansive movie, we only have to keep track of a few people in reality. And like, even like, um, uh, like the, the girlfriend of the daughter mm -hmm. is, um, is kind of just, you know, she's like tertiary. She's, you don't have to like flush her out completely because it just, for something that's so um, wide, widely, you know, um, like a wide winding road of a movie 
you have a um a sense of like an anchoring in the characters so like there's that familiarity right like you see wayman in the alphaverse and he's completely different than wayman we first meet but like it's wayman so like you're not going to be completely lost and i think that's the great thing is that it's a weird movie but it's easy to follow if you just pay attention yeah i'd say wayman is is my favorite but it, it's tough <laughs> but i just love him so much yeah, yeah he's really and good. to see him go from like 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 his sweet unassuming per like downtrodden character that you meet at the beginning of the film and then with his badass fanny pack is such a delight <laughs> so yeah. satisfying the two directors the daniels of the that, that made this movie wrote and directed this movie because you guys have enjoyed this so much and it sounds like you enjoy the fact that they are sort of so creative and so out like out of the box thinking have you guys any interest in going back in their filmography and checking out a movie called Swiss Army Man? Oh, that was them. That okay. was them. Trailer for Swiss Army Man. That movie looked ridiculous. And not that this movie isn't. Tell us about it. Yeah, Carly, do you know no, what Swiss I'm... Army Man is? I've never heard of it. So, Tom, you tell Carly what Swiss Army Man is about. So, essentially, <laughs> it's, it's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Daniel Radcliffe, right? Yep. And, and who else is it, though? Is Paul, it Paul Dano. Paul Dano. I oh. wanted to say Rupert Grimm, but I'm like, no, that's not. Wow. <laughs> but it's Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. And uh, which one is dead? I forget. Daniel Radcliffe is dead. So Daniel Radcliffe is essentially like a corpse of a, a man that this person who's like on a deserted island or like a shipwreck like finds in the island. And essentially, I, from what I gather, like the corpse is magic and he's like able to use the corpse to do a bunch of things and he like uses his body as like Daniel Radcliffe the whole movie. Oh, I love and it. it's called Swiss Army Man, which I thought like it would probably be an enjoyable movie, but I'm like, this is like a like a really kind of gimmicky movie and like we'll see. No idea that they're capable of that. So to answer your question, yes, I definitely would go back and watch that movie. A hundred Yeah, Carly, I think you'll enjoy the fact that Paul Dano rides the dead Daniel Radcliffe like a jet ski. And the pro <laughs> the propulsion is Daniel Radcliffe farts, so he's a farting oh. corpse. And I, yeah, I love that. I love so, that. <laughs> that's that's these guys. So <laughs> it's artsy weekend at Bernie's, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cultured weekend at Bernie's. I, I am like so willing to suspend my disbelief. That's like I'm like that's why we're making up things. We're making yeah. things up so that we can like journey into imagination and be like how. How far can we go? Like I, I don't know. I like an escapism, but but also like create unique stakes, right? Like that's what's so cool about the way this movie's made. It's like we care about them in the hot dog finger universe. Like we should like like you shouldn't care. I about cried that. during the hot dog <laughs> finger know. segment. <laughs> I was so point, moved, <laughs> right? Because it's it's good filmmaking and it's it's from a like a you know like they're you know they're obviously not um, afraid to be like fun and lowbrow. Like you're talking about the Swiss Army Man stuff. It's a good example of that, but but they have like purpose behind what they do, and so I just love the fact that it's a unique movie that obviously caught on with people and like um, it's really popular. But hopefully, this just lets them do even better stuff, like even more carte blanche kind of projects in the future. Because especially like uh, I don't know, there's something about those like two director teams that always seem to be awesome. Well, I think the the most impressive thing or one of the most impressive things about everything everywhere all at once is the fact that they did all of this with such a small budget in comparison to, you know, the Marvel movies that also do multiverse stuff 
and are just like a tenth of the creativity that these guys are able to do. And you're just like, the fact that they were able to do all of this is just wild. So, you know, you sort of have to give it up to them. We were watching like a YouTube video, you know, to just kind of refresh ourselves as YouTuber. And he was going through all these frames of like, um, they do like quick cuts of Michelle, like through all the different universes. And you look at some of the frames and it's not like, it's not like impressive CGI. It's just her in a green screen. But obviously, because it's a quick cut, it doesn't, it, it works, right? So you look at these images and they're interesting, but you look at them, they're like, oh, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have this as something that you'd linger on in a, in a cinematic film. It's just like the quality of the image or whatever. But in reality, like that's just a lot of creativity and hard work and planning. And that's not like just pouring money into computers and CGI. Like that's actual, that's how talented people use technology and film as opposed to just like, well, we'll just put more computer stuff into it. And it's like, that's not, you know, it's an efficient use of the budget, like you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if the, like the, I'm always a fan of like practical, whenever something is practical, totally. I'm like delighted. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, it is also a testament and I'm, I'm not shitting on the Marvel movies. I haven't seen a single one, but like when the story is there and like you're taking the audience along for the ride and like the ingenuity and like the willingness to try stuff. Like one of the things that they did is they just like in one, another one of the, all the cuts of Michelle um, filmed, went around a town and like filmed on a GoPro. And then they like reverse that and use that as the green screen image. And that's like not, you know, I could have a GoPro if I wanted to. It's not like you're using these fancy, fancy cameras. Exactly. But it's like yeah, the, yeah. the creative problem solving and it's, it, it all comes together. Well, we're coming into Oscar season. And I know you guys aren't the biggest sort of award season aficionados although tom tom has joined my fantasy league um will you guys be sort of cheering on everything everywhere all at once all the way to oscar night where it's it's probably going it's probably head head versus head against the fablemans it's it's a two-horse race i think really wow yeah oh absolutely yeah i think so yeah i definitely would spielberg has enough you've had it spielberg <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to see their speech, man. Like I <laughs> I I'm definitely in the the camp for this guy. Yeah, and I mean you talk about this movie doing so well and it's opening doors for them to do um more projects, but like, you know, this moment you're like, oh, we won best picture, we directed best picture. Then they get to really, you know, start to get their pick of things. It's funny how things flip like that, right? But you need the right break for anything and like the fact that these these Daniels or whatever were they were like commercial directors and like music video directors for like a long time like that's where that creativity comes from. So I don't know. Yeah, definitely would cheer for people like that, right? If they win, do they go on stage with hot dog hands? I um, hope. I hope so. I hope. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and they could put googly eyes on the Oscar. <laughs> it's perfect. It's really good. Well, guys, Tom Carly, thank you so much for coming on and talking about everything everywhere all at once and you know for anyone out there who hasn't seen this movie yet like go check this out as quick as you can because yeah it's it's definitely an experience that's for sure definitely thanks for having us Kira. yeah thanks so much melissa criminisi's back how's it going mel oh i'm doing so well how are you thank you for having me back well it wouldn't be an end of the year pod without sort of the returning champion uh even though I, I i still have some ptsd from the movies we've talked about this year but we 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 can get over that we can move on 
Well, listen, I was worried because you hadn't asked me back for a while. And I was concerned that there was an uprising and people listening being like, she can't come back. She's ruining the integrity of the pod. Who, who is this person that keeps coming on and talking about bad movies? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a couple more to suggest if we have time. No, no, we'll get to that in the new year. Um, so <laughs> before we get into your movie, uh, like sort of along the lines of what we're already saying, it was a bit of it was a pretty big year and we got to see a lot of good stuff together. We did. But I'm curious, I'm curious. Before we get into your highs, are there any lows that you're still currently trying to get over, you're still dealing with? Well, obviously, Don't Worry Darling is something I think that we're all still trying to come to terms with. It's been a bumpy road ever since. I feel like the world hasn't really been the same in the same way that the world wasn't the same after Cats came out. It's just, it's been a wild ride. And then I think the other big disappointment of the year, because I was looking forward to it so much was the gray man <laughs> i was devastated you defended that movie so hard you fought tooth and nail and almost gaslit me into thinking that it was a decent movie i know i know and let me tell you i had the time of my life watching it um i went to see it with friends of the pod colleen and quinn and colleen's sister Lindsay, and we were the only people in the theater because yes we did go and see it in theaters even though it was a netflix movie um, and we had the time of our lives watching it, but uh, it was, it it sucked. It sucked a big one. <laughs> Listen, we can, we can move on. We can move on to the good stuff. And as is your style and anyone who knows you and knows our relationship, mm-hmm. they will understand that you enjoy probably nothing more than tormenting me. So when I asked you to come on, and talk about your favorite movie of the year. One movie for mm-hmm. 10 or 15 minutes. You gave me a list of three movies. I and did. then re- refused to tell me which one you'd be coming on to talk about. So. That's exactly it. Yeah. We're going to do this live. I have no notes for anything you're about to say. So this, you know, this is going to be a sink or swim moment. But we need to start off. What is your number three movie of 2022? You know, I think all of my movies are, I haven't seen any of them on any top 10 lists this year, which I do take issue with because I, I like to think that I, I do have my finger on the pulse of, of what everyone's talking about, but haven't seen these movies. But uh, number three on my list is actually Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Thank the God. movie on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Thank God. I have not seen this movie. I know very little about it. It was the only one I was worried about because I was like... I don't know how I'm going to talk about this movie, but if that's I, and I should three, have made it good. my number one for that no, it's reason. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. We're live. We're live. This is going out as is. Okay. Number three, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes. Why was it so good? Just, just a quick, you know, if you had to convince me, why was it so good? Okay. Well, first of all, I think it was very special to me because I was a huge fan of the TV show growing up. I was a big C&D fan. Um, loved the cartoon and everything like that. And then... When I heard that they were making a movie, I was like, no way. I will not watch this in protest. But then I heard that two of my absolute favorites, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, were going to play Chip and Dale. And that it was being written by the Lonely Island guys, who I really, really like. I love Popstar. That's one of my favorite movies, as you know. Um, And yeah, I was just really excited to see what they were going to do with it. And they delivered. It was 
so funny, such a good pop culture stand up. It was just everything I would have wanted it to be without knowing what it was going to be. Uh, and I really recommend that people watch it. I don't know if many people did watch it because I, like I said, haven't heard much about it. But I think it's a, I think it's a sleeper hit of the year. And like, if you want to have a good time, you got to see it. For the longest time, I thought Ryan Reynolds was somehow involved, which was the biggest barrier to entry for me. And then somebody told me that he wasn't at all. And so then I was sort of like, oh, okay, maybe I will check that out. So anyways. Oh, and Seth Rogen is in it too. Canadian icon Seth Rogen. I do like Seth Rogen. Yeah. I know you do. So that's why I had to bring that up. (laughs) Chip Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers at number three. What is your number two movie of the year? My number two movie of the year is a little film called ambulance hell yeah melissa hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i know you saw this one too so i know you can speak to it and an unexpected number two for me because i'm not a big well no i can confidently say i am not a michael bay fan um and i can confidently say that this isn't usually my type of movie but if i did not have the time of my life watching this movie I don't even know what to say. I think it was legit the most fun I had at the movies this year. <laughs> I you you saw this in theaters as well, didn't you? I did again with Colleen and Quinn. <laughs> There's a, you know, we like to we like to go to the movies and we like to hoot and holler when we go. So if we can be in a theater by ourselves, we're all in and we're having the time of our lives. This was, you haven't seen Top Gun yet, have you? No, because it just came to the five dollar theater this week. Oh my god! Okay, so well, anyways, I will it, be it's, there. it's there. It's there now. You can finally go see it. But I would say, outside of Top Gun Maverick, this was the movie that I saw in movie theaters where I was just like, "This is perfect. This is exactly the type of movie that I wanted in that exact moment." And it just like I was li- literally the only person in the movie theater, and yeah. so. <laughs> I was like, this is the way to watch a Michael Bay movie. Did you woohoo out loud a few times? Because we did. We were like, this deserves an out loud woohoo, even though we're the only ones that are going to hear it. I I did not woohoo because you know me. (laughs) I'm not really a woohoo guy, but I certainly like I was not holding back the laughter and there is plenty to laugh at. I was not. I fist bumped, I think, at one point. Like, like, hell yeah. And like, oh, it's so great. So ambulance. It's still, it's still hanging on to my top 20 list. It's, you know, and again, like, I think in the hands of two other actors, it would have been unwatchable, but Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen, they knock it out of the park. Jake starts at a 100 and stays at 100 for the whole movie. Um, I'd say he finds room to go up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) And Yaya, like, has this presence to keep it actually very grounded. It's a ridiculous story, but he has this this gravitas about him. And he just, he is the heart of the movie, and he's just so enjoyable to watch on the screen. Um, I just had the time of my absolute life watching this movie, and I could not recommend it enough, and I never thought I would say that about a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) Well, if Ambulance is your number two, I think I now can figure out what your number one is going to be. Mm -hmm. But if you would like to introduce it, and then for anyone who hasn't seen it, which if it's what I think it is, it's going to be mostly everybody because I think it actually drops today. So yes. if you would like to introduce your movie and then give a brief plot description for anyone who hasn't seen it. Sure. I My number one movie of the year, and it was something that I've been looking so forward to 
um, truly a highlight of the year in film and in life for me was Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Let's give it a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. They did it. They did it. They, they did it again. They came they back and just as good, if not better than the first it, one. Yeah, if not better. And my, I, I'm going to give the briefest of plot descriptions because I just want people to go and see it and not really know what they're walking into. Um, because, you know, it's a, it's a Knives Out mystery. There's some twists and there's some turns. Um, but what I can tell you is that um, a tech billionaire invites his friends his like friends since college to his private island for like a weekend that they seem to do kind of every year like a week away um and then a mystery ensues and i can't even say what the mystery is because there's a there's so much going on there's a mystery within the mystery you just you gotta see it if you were a fan of the first movie they will not steer you wrong. And if you didn't see the first movie and you're like, do I want to see this? The answer is absolutely. That's the right way to sort of set this movie up because I think two things that it gets major points from me for doing. Mm -hmm. One is you don't need to have seen Knives Out no. to really understand this movie at all. It is. It could be a completely standalone movie. With, with the exception of daniel craig's character there is mm -hmm. like zero crossover between the two movies and they reference they reference how good he is as a detective enough for you to understand okay this guy's a, he's the real deal he's a big shot right. even though you don't need to have seen anything that he did in the first movie to to understand that but then the second one and i think this is where i was sort of like wow like they're they're really going for something here is that it is not a murder mystery in the same way at all that Knives Out is. And so it's like, no. oh, you you guys, are, you could have so easily just, you know. Done the same thing. Done the same thing. And done you, like a paint by numbers kind of. It was a big like hit. Sequel. Knives Out was a big hit. Like nobody, I think, would have blamed them for pretty much doing the same thing with different characters. And it's like from the opening minutes, I was like, oh, they're going way over here doing something totally different from the first one and so then you're sort of like back in that mindset again of like oh this is really exciting again like i yeah. now can't see how anything's going to move forward because the formula from the first movie is not here at all in the second one no and then like not and obviously like i do not want to spoil it because i think it's best that like you like i said don't know really anything about what the movie's about besides the fact that it's a tech billionaire his friends are going to an island something happens yeah um but it's just i don't know i just felt like like you said it could be a complete standalone movie but at the same time it does flow really well oh with yeah the first movie too oh, yeah. so like if you wanted to watch them back to back too you totally could and that's something that now that it is out on netflix i probably will do just to kind of see the flow lines through because it has been a while since i've watched the first knives out too so i'm uh, i'm excited to kind of watch them back to back to see and obviously like i just the performances in this were so good and it's from people that you wouldn't really say like are top actors but just everyone brings their a-game in this movie in terms of the acting and like a huge surprise for me was janelle Monet. yes i thought she was unreal in this daniel's doing his like insane southern 
gentlemen, but I love it. Um, Kate Hudson was amazing in this too. I loved her. She's just so good at playing like kind of a not very likable person. <laughs> she did such a good job. She's she's the one I think for me, like you're saying there, where it's like actors that okay, like they are movie stars or like you know, they've mm-hmm. been around for a while, so you have some sort of history with them. But she was the one for me where I was like, holy shit, like have I been underestimating Kate Hudson for 20 years because like she can do this and I fully did not think she could and I was like just kind of blown away she basically steals every scene she's in she does she really does she really does but yeah and it's just it's also such a good like there's also some really good cameos in this too that again don't want to give away but there's some really funny cameos in it and it's just a really good kind of satire on like billionaire culture pop culture but also like this like influencer culture and it's just so well done and I was so happy watching it because obviously it's a sequel you don't know what you're gonna get I love the first one so much but it more than delivers I think so is this going to be a I like I'm assuming that you haven't rewatched it yet no is this gonna be a like in the next couple days now that it's on Netflix you're gonna go back and see it again well, and I know this is going to make you really mad, so buckle up. We're still in Hallmark Christmas movie season, so that oh, is priority. Jesus. Auto and over. Once that eject, eject. <laughs> once that finishes, then I probably will go back and rewatch it. But like I said, I I am busy now up until at least December twenty sixth. I I've talked the family I think tonight into this being our our Christmas Day movie. I think I, I'm going to go maybe later on in the evening and watch something in theaters, but this will be the movie that we watch as a family together. So I'm such pretty, a good choice. I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. I, and, I sort of put it out there. I was like, guys, don't watch this for the, for the next two days. Like let's, yeah. let's say, save it. Off. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you and I saw it together, but we were kind of sitting on like opposite ends of the group, but I was grinning from ear to ear during the entire movie. I loved it. I loved it so much. I can't say enough good things about it. Well, I, I had the good pleasure of sitting beside Quinn and anyone who has what? listened anyone who's listened to the episodes that he's been on knows that he has one of the all-time <laughs> great laughs and so i was laughing at the movie just as equally as i was kind of laughing at how much he was enjoying it so i was like this is it's pretty good like i think we all went in with excitement and we we're all big fans of the first one obviously yeah but i think you you have already sort of said it and i was certainly feeling it where it's like how are you going to do this? Like, how are we going to bring this all back? And can like the first one was such a surprise. And yeah, I think, you know, pretty early on in this movie, I was like, Oh, they, they've got me. They've, they've done it again. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that like early on, you think you're like, okay, like this is what it is about. And I figured it all out. And then you, haven't, (laughs) you haven't, they, they, in the middle of the movie, it kind of flips. And then you're seeing all the stuff that you you didn't know you needed to see. And then you see it. How excited are you now for the third Knives Out whenever we, uh, that's probably be in the next two years or three years or whenever they get done. But, you know, is that now something that you've circled on a calendar in the future of like day one, need to go see this again? 100%. 100%. And like when this one got announced, Again, like I said, I was like, this cast, what is going on? Like, I don't understand what is happening here. But we need to just trust and believe that Ryan Johnson knows what he's doing. Because, again, 
loved every second of it and loved every second of the first one. So now I am a firm believer and I will just trust and believe. If he tells me that Jake Paul is in the next one and Joe Rogan, I'll be like, okay, let's see what you do. Like maybe maybe they're the the victims, in which case, like, yeah, instant plus points there. But <laughs> I, I, think... I know I don't want to get too into it, but uh yeah, I'd be thrilled if that was the case. I think I think the way that he he so clearly understands this entire genre and he so yep. clearly understands like you know, the first one is a murder mystery in a house and, you know, these are the things and this is the formula and, you know, these are the tropes that I can play with. And then this one, he just throws all of that away yeah. and starts again. And so for the third one, I'm just sitting here being like, what are you going to do? Like, what other type of murder mystery are, can you possibly bring me? Because I'm so excited. I'm so pumped up. I know. I can't. I cannot wait to see what he does for this third one. But like I said, I will be there opening day if it's the same situation where it comes to theaters earlier i don't even know if i'll be able to wait until like the weekend when it comes out i'll be there like the day of the first showing well we anyone who did listen to our tiff episode knew and understands how much we were both looking forward to this and how bummed we were to not see it at the festival even though i think we had like multiple opportunities to actually go and we just didn't take them but if that third one comes to tiff like there is zero question. I'll pay I, for like, the package this time just to guarantee. Oh my, my god! I, yeah, like I will give up my firstborn child yeah. to to get these tickets because what's more important? You have to, and like I bet no, and I bet the energy in that room was so good. Like I just I wish that I was there. I wish, and I won't let an opportunity pass me by again. Not again. Well, we we can't really say anything about it because of the nature of the movie. But is there any any last thing you'd like to say to anyone who maybe missed the first Knives Out and now this one's coming up on a Netflix just before Christmas? Like, mm-hmm. what would you say to people to sort of be like, this is the movie that you should be watching with your family when you all sit down on Christmas Day? I was well, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's a movie that you can sit down with a group of people. And I think everybody will find something in it that they can enjoy. So I think it's a great group watch. And I just think like, even if you haven't seen the first one, I think you should see the first one and then see this one just so you can kind of see the growth there and everything like that. But I, I would just recommend that it's a nice, fun watch for everybody. And I think what could we use now more than fun let's just go and have fun and watch a movie you know the only last thing i'll say is that we're recording this on the night of you know hamilton has been put into a blizzard warning and this entire movie takes place on an island in greece so like yeah you know if you want some escapism from our our current reality yeah yeah yeah. enjoy the scenery enjoy the fashion i didn't even really touch on the fashion but the fashion was a 10 out of 10 in this movie just like it was in the first movie as well i don't know if we're gonna get anything as iconic as chris evans's cable knit sweater but um there was some big looks in this movie melissa thank you so much for coming on and you know not only talking one movie but talking three movies so you know, that's plenty of recommendations for people. Anyone who trusts your opinion. I just I just felt like I wanted to have fun and didn't want to watch any movies that were going to make me really sad. So that was my vibe this year. And, and it shows in my top three, I think. Well, I can't I can't speak to Chippendale because I thought Ryan Reynolds was in it. And so I was 
going to be a hard pass. But <laughs> the the other two are like pretty firmly in my top 20 of the year. So like you really can't go wrong with either Ambulance or Glass Onion. So yeah, great, great choices. Great picks. Thank you. I'm happy to have my cousin Stuart Wilson back on the show. Stuart, how's it going? Very good. Good, good, good. Very good. Yes, already yeah, for yeah, yeah. already for Christmas and everything. Absolutely, absolutely. We have the, the grandparents up here, so uh it's all all very exciting. All very exciting stuff. Well, you said that you were when I asked you to come on and do this best of the year pod, you said that you were surprised <laughs> to be invited back. And <laughs> I will admit right here and, and and live in the recording that I only asked you on because Leisha, your girlfriend, was also going to come on. <laughs> and I really wanted to know, sort of like, out of the two of you, who's the bigger movie fan? Like, is it sort of you that's picking the movies, or is it her, or is it sort of a mixture of both? Oh, it's 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 definitely me. Unfortunately, she she'll admit that herself. Um, she does enjoy she does enjoy movies, but. Yeah, she she'd actually rarely go to the cinema all that much. I think she said, um, I brought her I brought her to the cinema once, and she said that, that was probably the first time in probably five years she's been to the cinema. So now we've been a few times since then again, but like, uh, yeah. So she, like, she does enjoy movies, but yeah, she wouldn't be a huge fan buff, uh, but she does enjoy them. That that kind of sounds like the perfect new favorite movie guest because yeah, I would have oh yeah, 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 so many yeah. to I choose from. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll encourage her to like, uh, to 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 take it on and do a full full f- feature length, uh, podcast with you. Yeah, some sometime in the new year, sometime in the new year. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we can move on because I'm quite excited to talk about your movie because your movie, your number one movie of the year, is my number one movie of the mm. year. And so, for anyone who hasn't seen it, can you introduce it and then give a brief plot description? Yeah. Um. So Banshee is a Vinishir and absolutely brilliant movie uh i don't know how much you want me to go into as in like am i allowed obviously am i allowed to kind of go through well, the, the let, storyline or the, let's yeah. not let's not spoil anything too too much because yeah, i okay. think it's only just come out on streaming services here so i don't know yes. how many people have had yeah. a chance to see it but yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, let's yeah. give it give it a flavor let's yeah. let's yeah 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 yeah, it's on Disney Plus actually. It came out very quickly on Disney Plus. Like, I'm surprised. Um, yeah, I think that's because well, it's not making any money in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> surprised about that. But anyway, yeah. So basically, it's uh, it's about these two lads living off the coast of uh, the west coast of Ireland, um, and it's based during the the Civil War in Ireland, and it is um, it, it's just about these two lads who neither of them do very much except go to the pub uh, and then one day one of them decides I want more and just just stop being friends with the other fella and that's sort of the story like that is kind of your mind just can't wrap his head around why your mind just doesn't want to be friends anymore and it's actually like and and, and from there just matter shit happens and it's just a, it's a great kind of commentary on West Ireland and you know how there's very little to be asked except go to the pub and have your have your couple of mates about and that's about it um so that's kind of like that is sort of the the, the, the plot it's you know it in in reality it's actually like there's not a lot of, you know but that's kind of it would you add anything else to it well no i think i think you're right in saying that the the sort of like elevator pitch is mm. two sentences long like these two yeah. guys are lifelong friends and then one of them decides not to be friends anymore and yeah. 
that's kind of the whole movie. Now, obviously, other yeah. things happen, but yes, that's kind of it. That's the whole yeah, story, yeah. really. So, yeah, no, that, that's yeah. that's a good setup. That's a good for anyone who's yeah. maybe vaguely interested. But the first thing I got to ask you though is is has there been a greater love story than Colin Farrell's Podrick and Jenny the Donkey? Oh, it is brilliant. It is so good because it's just like. It's just like, yeah, it's just a little donkey. It's like, you know, and he's just so defensive of his little donkey um, and brings the donkey into the house because he's just, he's lonely and he just wants, to, and the donkey comes in. And that's, you know, he just walks around and just, 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 you know, the donkey follows him. And it, it's like in, in a lot of movies, it'll be a dog or it'll be something else. But in this, it's a donkey. I did like, there's, there's a brief scene, I think, with his sister and she's given out to him about the donkey being in the house. And he's like, the donkey doesn't go outside when I'm sad. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Um, no, it's, it's, it's very like, there's so, there's so many different kind of layers of the movie that it's just, yeah, there's, there's some very, very funny, funny bits um, in it. Um, and yeah, the donkey, the donkey is kind of a, a star, the star of the whole thing. Like, I mean, it's, there's not a lot of characters in it. You know, there's not a lot. You've got um, obviously Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, um, the sister who I can't remember her name, that actress's name. Oh, uh, that's Carrie um, Condon. Carrie Condon, yeah, yeah, she's very, very good at it. Um, Barry Keoghan, who is phenomenal in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the police, the police officer, uh, and that's kind of you know your majority of people. You Pat Short in there as well, who's the the barman. Um, and that's you know that's your sort of main cast otherwise it's and then you've got the donkey and then yeah well i i know that you are a fan of martin mcdonough's earlier mm. movies because i i've, I've yeah. spoken to you about those before so yeah. was banshees something that like you were looking forward to once you heard that it was coming out and it was oh martin yeah McDonough and colin farrell and brendan gleason yeah back together like were you Absolutely. sort of like oh like, i'm i'm checking this out without a doubt like i mean um, I loved In Bruges. Um, in Bruges is, you know, uh, w- with the three lads there um, in it. And it's, uh, I loved, you know, the, just the kind of the, the sort of dry wit of, 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 of you kind of like, you know, it, it's very just the Irish kind of comedy is just like, what? You're you stupid sort of thing. And it's just kind of like that sort of uh, the way they sort of speak to each other. And it's, it's, I find that hilarious. Um and yeah, when I knew that this one was coming out, I was like, 100%, this is going to be phenomenal. And I had very, very high expectations for it. Because it is actually, like, the thing about this movie is it's not just a pure comedy. There's actually really, really, like, there's really, you, you go through kind of every bit of emotion. Um, Like, I was sitting beside, uh, like, my girlfriend and I were watching at the same time. And again, I don't know what she was expecting from it. I said, this is going to be brilliant. And she she hadn't. I don't know. She hadn't seen in Bruges. We've watched in Bruges since then. Um, uh, she had seen the guard and uh, I don't think she's seen three billboards, but she's uh, yeah. So we, we didn't, she, I don't think she knew what to kind of expect from this. And um, yeah, she was laughing through it, but then it was like time she would like, we were, it was tearful. Like you'd yeah. actually be genuinely sad. Like there was the bit when, you know, when he gets punched, and he gets lifted up onto the onto the cart. Anyone who's seen the movie will like. And he gets lifted up onto the cart, and he just breaks down. And you're like, "That's devastating. It's just so sad, you know, to see." And it's it's such a kind of, you know, um, West Irish, uh, especially for that time where you know 
mental health is not talked about or anything like that and just you know the loss of a friend in a, on an island where there's like 10 lads is uh it's very actually quite hard uh but um and then there's a lot of other kind of there's times where you're absolutely fuming and screaming at the screen like what the fuck are you doing just go away and then there's other bits where you're absolutely stitches laughing um that just goes through kind of every every little bit of emotion in it well i think that's why martin mcdonough like he's an extremely successful and uh awards plaudits for for his his theater work and he's now making movies and you can just you can see that um evolution of that influence like he's just such a great writer because you can be laughing one second and then he will have you in tears the very next one Mm. and you're just like oh like i don't know how he did it but he did it again like in all of his movies they're kind of the same where the first half hour 40 minutes is so funny because he gives you these premises that are so absurd and then he just slowly Mm -hmm. starts peeling back and you know things get real and things get sad Mm. and you're like oh my god and yeah no i i completely agree that like this this movie especially i was watching it and and enjoying it and loving it and then Mm. i walked out and i was like man that was a really sad movie actually like Mm. yeah i was laughing for a good hour but that was a sad sad movie movie. like yeah we 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 walked out and both of us sort of children be like i'm actually like i'm sad watching this like i was like uh even though even though you're laughing throughout the entire movie you're actually leave the movie kind of and that's not that's not to do with the ending or anything like that it's just no. throughout the movie yeah it's like it's not as if it leaves on like a kind of a you know the ending is the ending and it's it, 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 um but like it's not a it's not like a, a devastating ending after a funny movie it's just a sad movie with very funny bits in it kind of yes thing, you know? yeah i'm really curious as to what the reception has been like in Ireland, like have the newspapers and talk show hosts and like, uh, have people been enjoying it? Have they been hyping it up? Like, what's it been like? What's the conversation been like over there? So I, firstly, I've moved to London and I've been in London since it's come out. Uh, so I've only just hearing from what other people have sort of said, the reception is brilliant. You know, people do love it. They find it hilarious. That kind of, um, like Brendan Gleeson and, and Colin Farrell, both of them are loved, uh, you know, in Ireland. I think anyway, I, I from the crowd I'm with anyway, they they all, uh, everybody has loved it. And everyone has been like, geez, this is fucking brilliant. This is just hilarious. You know, because it is, people see kind of Irish mannerisms. Yes, it's, it's kind of, you know, heightened the amount of kind of Irishness and bits, bits and pieces. But to be honest, you can see a lot of kind of, Irish people are like that you know they're actually very similar to what was going on in the movie and you're like it's actually it's very true to form you know you could see that scenario happening and and so it is it is it is loved and um in the media and stuff like that it is again you know it is it's hyped because the thing is like Martin McDonough anytime he releases anything it's you know lauded over and everyone everyone does enjoy it um and because it's going for the Oscars and like Colin Farrell I think you've mentioned in some of your podcasts that you believe that Colin Farrell could be very much tipped for the best actor and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he's the front runner right now. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the whale. Um, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen it? No, or? I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. No. It's only just sort of come out to my local oh, theaters, so okay. I'll, I'll get there eventually. But I think yeah, he's he's being tipped because people like 
the hit, people enjoy banshees more than they enjoy the whale, even though Brendan yeah. Fraser is supposed to be very good. So I can yeah. see more people voting for Colin Farrell because they just like his movie more than they yeah. like Brendan Fraser's movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think and 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 so for that reason, I think a lot of people are kind of like, just this is and, and people are going out of their way to go and see it in Ireland. Uh, like people are actually mo- going to the cinema and and having a look. Uh, whereas a lot of people, like even even mom and dad, like they wouldn't be big cinema goers, but uh, they went and saw it, and you know the neighbors all went and saw it, and and everyone everyone so far, I, I haven't really heard of anyone who hasn't enjoyed it. Um, some of some have been questioning the the sort of the ending, um, but I thought like I, I loved I loved how it was finished, and I loved how the how how the whole thing was how the whole thing was done, and. But uh, yeah, and like to be honest, as good as Colin Farrell is, and as good as Brendan Gleeson is, the one it's Barry Keoghan that is being kind of talked about more than anybody else. Um, he's so good in this movie, and I think just because he will, he, there isn't really a, a second supporting actor Oscar. You know, uh, he like he's unlucky that like he's not the 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 next supporting actor. Otherwise, he would have been up. Um, you know, and people would be talking about him as the as the uh, supporting actor. I thought he was phenomenal in it. Carrie, what's her second name? Sorry, Carrie Condon. Carrie Condon. Yeah, I keep forgetting her name. She is phenomenal. Do you think she would be tipped for um, an Oscar as well, or do you think it's, it's too competitive? I think I think she'll probably get nominated because so far, like Banshees has been doing quite well. Um, the supporting actor or supporting actress category i think is pretty competitive and there's going to be a few people sort of jostling around so like if she wins i'll be like over the moon because she is really good in this movie but it does feel like there's a few other names um nobody's nobody has sort of taken the lead but it does feel like there's probably four or five actors who could all win the award and it would sort of be like yeah "Yeah, okay that's deserved that's you know what i mean like yeah so you know, it's 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 nice to see her sort of in the conversation because, she, like, she's yeah. not that big of a name. I've seen her in a couple things, but it's nice to see her sort of break through here a little bit. And then, yeah, but yeah, she she could just come up against a really competitive year. So that's just the way it that's goes it. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and do you think? Um, would you say this is your favorite Martin McDonough? Um, I would I would still have In Bruges as number one only because I've seen In Bruges like ten times. Mm, okay. so like come talk to me in a couple of years once i see banshees a few more times and then like mm-hmm. things might shift but yeah i would still probably have in bruges as my number one and then this would be number two for sure yeah i yeah i know i think to be honest i think this this has topped in bruges uh just because i was talking to someone else about this and they were saying um in bruges has a better storyline possibly but this one had more way more emotions in it you know and this one had way more kind of I had no idea what was going to happen next in this in this movie. Like you're sitting there and you're like, I actually don't know. This could this could go any direction at any point, and you would just you would just sort of it was done in such a way that no, nothing felt out of place, but you never felt like you could predict what was going to happen next. I've got two last questions for you, and they're they're kind of one and the same. But two of the things that I have seen people sort of flag and and ask me because i'm irish and sort of you know they're just two things that people are are having a harder time understanding and so 
maybe you can shed some later. Maybe you have a reading on them that, that can help me out. But the first thing is, do you have any thoughts on why the civil war plays a small part in the story? Like we, we always hear cannons and gunfire going off in the distance, but like you said, these guys are on an Island, so it, it never touches them directly. But do, do you have any idea why maybe McDonough put that in there? Oh, that's a, uh, I'll be, I'll be called on by if, if, if any, there's Irish history buffs. Um, um, my way of seeing, or my way of looking at this would be, uh, and this is from a very much a lay person from, I like I've studied a bit of, you know, for, in school, we studied the, the civil war and things like that. But the, the idea is that like the civil war went on and it was families torn up against families. It was brothers versus brothers. Like people were literally, you know, their neighbors and they were on one side or the other side. And so this idea that the civil war was going on, yes, it's in the distance, but it's being kind of mirrored on the island. Um, so you've got this, this war between the two lads that this, up until up until a certain point, they were best of friends and they were, you know, as, as good as brothers. And then basically overnight, your man changes his mind and decides he wants to he wants to become famous or, or write something that's going to last last an age. Uh, and there's basically an all out kind of war between not a war maybe not the right but there there is a there's tension between them and there's they're, they're fighting between them um and so it's it's a mirror image of what was going on 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 the the main island of ireland versus the the island of inishirin that's the answer i've been giving people so i think yeah, yeah i think you're, <laughs> you're probably spot on there i don't think mcdonough will ever explain why and i don't think he should explain mm. why but i think that's a probably a pretty fair reading of of the situation the funniest and one of the funniest that I found in oh, I watched it in London and nobody I watched it in a London cinema and nobody laughed at this and I was like I found this one of the funniest lines in the movie was um I think it was the police officer goes or or, or the guard goes um uh yeah I, I don't know which one. Uh, he's going over to to do execution for someone on on the main island of Ireland and he's like I I think it's the pro treaty or it could be the anti treaty I don't know doesn't really matter it used to be a lot easier when it, we were just fighting english because then we knew who we were fighting and yeah. i thought that was hilarious because the thing is at the time you know it's it's um pro treaty anti-treaty at the end of the day it, like it, at the, it was just civil war happened just post war of independence um and i just thought that line was just brilliant um and so yeah i don't think martin Donald go into detail about it but um yeah the the, the london cinema didn't seem to find it as funny as I yeah think. it's it's curious that the the london cinema didn't find the line about fighting english very funny <laughs> but <laughs> anyways the the other big thing that people have brought up and they've asked me why does this happen and i don't really have an answer for them is why does colin farrell and carrie condon who are brother and sister sleep in the same bedroom ah uh, yeah um i don't really know my my I think it's it's to do with the fact that basically there it, it's to show that this is this is West Ireland and at the time was very poor. Um, the house was small. The room like there probably was a is a one bit bedroom house there, and you know originally it was probably the parents' room, and then the parents obviously died, 
early and and so that's that's why the room was just used that's the only i yeah yeah um i think that was the reason i think it's i think it was i don't know the history of of, of irish architecture and why why it was designed that way but that's just the way it was i think it's to show that at the end of the day it was a poor it was a relatively poor house and they didn't have many rooms in the house you know that's been my best guess as well that like mm. There was either one bedroom or two bedrooms and that, you know, like there was one bedroom for the parents and one for them and mm. neither of them wanted to take the parents' bedroom or something like that. You know what something I mean? Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so before I let you go, just any last things you would say, anything to convince people to watch this very strange Irish movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think for the, for the jumpers alone, I think is is a, is a big thing like you know the uh, the Aaron jumpers have I think they've been sold off the shelves um to to the English and the American markets I think, think since this movie's come out I think Vogue had a whole thing on the 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 jumpers of Inishirin and everything it's it's uh and they are to be fair they're good jumpers uh, that he has on um and they it does show the um the the landscape as well and like it does show the beauty of that that part of the um that part of the world I think I think Leisha, Leisha actually, as soon as the, as soon as it came on the bay where your man lives, um, Colin Farrell, no, sorry, Brendan Gleeson, where his house is, Leisha was able to name exactly. I think it was Keen Beach, I think it is, um, and yeah, so there are real places, there are real places you can visit. They're stunning areas, you know, um, and yeah, it is, yeah, I'd say just for that alone, you know, I definitely definitely go and see it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I'll watch it again very soon. I'd say I've only seen it the one time, but I'll definitely now it's on Disney Plus. I'll definitely stick it on again. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you very much. Yeah, talking banshees, and you know, hopefully, yeah. somebody out there will 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 check out this very strange Irish movie and make them want to come over. For Absolutely. Visit, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you again to all my guests this week, and because some people have been asking. My top 10 with Banshees being at number one and Marcel the Shell being at four are as follows. Top Gun Maverick, one of the best times I had at the cinema this year. Tar, a great performance by Kate Blanchett. And I haven't really stopped thinking about the movie since I saw it. The Batman, finally a version where he plays a proper detective and you, know, you can't go wrong with Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Nope. Jordan Peele continues to be one of the more interesting filmmakers currently working. Cha-Cha Real Smooth. I kind of hate that Cooper Rafe is so young and yet makes such really wonderful movies, but yeah, he's done it again. Cha-Cha Real Smooth. The Northman. Why did it take so long for somebody to cast Alexander Skarsgård as a berserker Viking? I'll never know, but he's absolutely perfect for it. Women Talking, Sarah Pauly takes what probably could have been and should have been pretty boring and underwhelming material, certainly in lesser hands, and she just absolutely elevates it into something really cinematic and powerful. And in number 10, Barbarian, and if you still haven't seen it, I won't say anything because you really should go in blind, but man, was this ever a lot of fun. So. That's it. That's the end of the year, best of the year episodes. 
I really can't thank enough all of the people who have, you know, given me their time and done all the homework to make this podcast work. But once again, thank you to everyone who has come on. And for those who have expressed an interest and we just haven't gotten around there yet, you know, your, your time will come. Your time will come. I'm going to take a few weeks off. Uh, there won't be any new episodes for the first few weeks of the new year. There is hopefully something new coming in the new year. Uh, but new favorite movie will be back eventually with another guest, another movie and another recommendation. So I will see everybody then.